The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Monday, February 3rd, 2020. On this day in 2008, an interview with Alipio Ribeiro, then head of Portuguese police, was published. He admitted that law enforcement had been too hasty to name Jerry and Kate McCann as suspects in their daughter Madeline's disappearance. Not that that did anything to stem the tide of hate directed at them. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the investigation into the disappearance of three-year-old Madeline McCann. Her parents, Jerry and Kate McCann, faced intense scrutiny after her disappearance and for a period of time were considered suspects. Eventually they were cleared by Alipio Ribeiro, the chief of police. In order to understand the meaning behind Ribeiro's comments on February 3rd, 2008, we have to go back to the day Madeline McCann disappeared. Jerry and Kate McCann were vacationing in Praia de Luz, Portugal, with their three young children and a group of friends. The McCanns left three-year-old Madeline and her infant twin siblings, Sean and Amelie, sleeping in their vacation apartment. Then they went to eat with friends at a tapas restaurant 180 feet away from their suite. While this was a parenting decision that many would later criticize, Jerry and Kate felt safe leaving their children. The resort was fairly enclosed and, again, the restaurant was only feet away. In fact, this proximity allowed the group of adults to check on the kids regularly. Throughout the meal, they each took turns walking back to the apartment to peek in. But when it was Kate McCann's turn to make the check, sometime between 9 and 10 p.m., she found, to her horror, that Madeline was missing from her bed and the window in the bedroom was wide open. The twins, meanwhile, were still sound asleep. As police arrived and interviewed witnesses, one of the women in the group, Jane Tanner, recalled seeing a man walking away with a sleeping child in his arms earlier that night. But police were unable to find him or Madeline. Days turned into weeks, turned into months. Several suspects were investigated, but then ultimately cleared. The parents were desperate for answers. The Portuguese police were equally desperate. They needed to put an end to this high-profile case. They needed to show the world that Praia del Luz, a resort town that relied on tourism, was still a safe place for families to visit. Looking for any kind of fresh leads, police allowed British sniffer dogs to search the vacation apartment and various items belonging to the McCanns. The animals were able to pinpoint several instances of DNA, including one instance of blood 
across the apartment and in the McCann's rental car. Based primarily on these findings, but without other corroborating evidence, police concluded that it must have been Madeline's blood found in the apartment and rental car. Therefore, she must have been killed in the apartment and then transported somewhere else in the rental car. Jerry and Kate McCann were officially named as suspects in their daughter's disappearance. Police Chief Gonzalo Amaral championed this theory, spreading it to the press. He called the McCanns in for individual 12-hour interrogations. Kate exercised her right to silence. She didn't answer 48 of the police's questions. As she left the police station, a crowd outside jeered at her, already convinced of her guilt. The press published increasingly defamatory articles about the couple. Claims were made that the McCanns had drugged Madeline to make her sleep through the night, but had accidentally overdosed her. With the help of their friends, they disposed of her body and concocted the entire kidnapping story. Other theories were even darker. Claims of pedophilia were leveled. Some even suggested that Jerry was not Madeline's real dad. On September 9, 2007, four months after Madeline went missing, the McCanns took the twins and flew back to England. Things were becoming unsafe in Portugal. Once the family returned home, the British and Portuguese press swarmed the McCann household daily. The family received piles of mail, some of it extremely vitriolic and hateful, accusing them of killing their daughter and lying about it. Social media, still in its early days, became a breeding ground for anonymous trolls to say whatever they wanted about the McCanns. Many wished death on them, giving into conspiracy theories that they were a part of some sort of child abuse ring. All the Portuguese and British press did was escalate the rampant theories, trying to crack the case, trying to find an answer to this persistent, horrifying mystery. And yet, no breaks would come. Back in Portugal, the police investigation had all but stalled. It became increasingly clear that the conclusions from the blood reports were erroneous. The recovered DNA samples were inconclusive. There was only one instance of blood, and it could have theoretically belonged to any of the family members or even a different individual who happened to share similar markers with the McCanns. And even then, the presence of trace DNA did not in and of itself directly point to murder. It became clear that the police and the public at large in both countries had been succumbing to confirmation bias, using flimsy evidence to support their own beliefs. On October 2, 2007, Police Chief Gonzalo Amaral was removed from the investigation and new officials were brought in. This would hardly undo the damage that his widely circulated accusations had caused. The McCanns continued to receive hate mail. They continued to be portrayed negatively by the tabloids. On top of the loss of their daughter, they were now some of the most despised people in England. But for Kate and Jerry, 
the worst part of it all was that when people were focused on blaming them, that meant they weren't focused on finding Madeline. But as 2007 turned into 2008, that slowly began to change. Though their image in the public eye would forever be damaged, the McCanns achieved a small victory. There were multiple new police officials overseeing the investigation in Portugal. This included Alipio Ribeiro, head of all Portuguese police. On Saturday, February 2nd, 2008, he sat down for an interview with Publico, a national news outlet. Speaking to the entire country, and indeed the world, he all but apologized to the McCanns for the faulty police work of the previous investigators. He admitted they had been hasty and suggested that he would direct his men to now pursue other leads. This news was published on February 3rd. For the McCanns, it meant that they were no longer under significant criminal investigation, but more importantly, it meant that the hunt for Madeline could finally get back on track. Next, we'll analyze the way the McCanns were treated and see where the investigation stands today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now back to the story. On February 3rd, 2008, the Portuguese police announced that they had been hasty to lay blame on Kate and Jerry McCann in their daughter Madeline's missing persons case. The hope was that the investigation, with new focus, might yield new suspects. But unfortunately, by July of that same year, the authorities were ready to call it quits. There was simply no new evidence. But after months of tabloid accusations, many members of the public in Portugal, England, and the rest of the world had already decided that Jerry and Kate McCann were guilty. And certainly, they were guilty of a very poor parenting decision. Many blanched at the thought of leaving two-year-olds and a three-year-old alone anywhere, much less in a foreign hotel room with the window unlocked. But it's easy to cast aspersions in hindsight. One could also argue that the distance between the restaurant and the apartment was not actually that much greater than the distance between the master bedroom and the nursery in some large homes. And yet the public continues to assert that the McCanns must have had something to do with the disappearance. But in order to believe that, we have to also accept a mountain of inconclusive DNA evidence. We have to believe that Jerry and Kate, upon accidentally overdosing their daughter, suddenly became criminal masterminds, convincing their entire party of friends to help them dispose of a body and concoct a lie that would alter each of their lives forever. Is the nightmare that the McCanns have lived through for more than a decade really better than any criminal charges they might have faced from an accidental overdose? 
we tend to believe the simpler explanation. It seems most likely that Madeline was abducted by some criminal element that, at best, sought to sell her to an adopting couple and, at worst, sold her into sexual slavery or abused her themselves. We already mentioned how one of the vacationers, Jane Tanner, saw a man carrying a girl outside the apartment that night. Kate McCann further points to the history of rampant pedophilia in Portugal as evidence that someone would want to take Madeline for such sinister purposes. The infamous Casa Pia scandal, beginning in 1981, led to the revelation that several wealthy members of Portuguese society had been using an orphanage to procure child sex slaves. And even while this was still being investigated, the Portuguese legislature passed a bizarre law that reduced sentences for sex offenders who had repeat offenses against a single victim. This suggested a somewhat cavalier attitude toward child sex abuse in the country, or possibly the existence of a deeper scandal that included members of the government. This perhaps explains why the Portuguese police were so quick to blame the McCanns rather than one of their own citizens. But in order to explain why the British public would so quickly turn on the McCanns, we have to think somewhat more esoterically. Tragedy makes us feel helpless. It reminds us that the world, though often a place of beauty, is equally a place of horror. It does not care about how we feel. If people could blame the McCanns, then they could convince themselves that the world would never do the same thing to their child. That by being a more attentive parent, you could guarantee that your child would never disappear. Additionally, when dealing with such a low evidence crime with no clear suspects, there is no one to blame but the parents, no one else to cast our anger onto. On top of that, the McCanns have done everything they can to stay in the spotlight, to make sure no one forgets about their daughter. Some members of the British public question what makes them special, but if they were in the parents' position, they might feel differently. Ultimately, we have no answers for you. No one can tell you what happened to Madeline, except for the person responsible. But when it comes to the McCanns, emotions need to be put aside. To this day, Madeline has never been found. Her parents continue the search, operating a website called findmadeline.com, asking for anyone with information to come forward. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original, Gone. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. 
At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 